Hi, you listen to Poems from My Heart, a poetry podcast with Angela Rideau. Hi, today we have a very special guest called Martin Gray. And Martin is a very, very um, good spoken word artist who I admire very deeply. And he has a wonderful book called The Pretty Boys of Gangster Town. Um, he has a book. He ha- is a director of the World Jam. It's a nonprofit organization for connecting communities through poetry and music. He's got lots of published articles as well. And he's won the 2018 Southwell Folk Festival Slam. And he's been featured in Nottingham city of literature poetry archive mud press christmas scene and he's also been known as um the best poet from guildford and that's somewhere around nottingham isn't it oh yeah well it's um i uh, and, and just say thank you for what thank you for having me it's really a pleasure to be here and i'd say um guildford's quite a distance from nottingham but there's not many guildford poets in nottingham so I feel that's a niche I can, I can hopefully claim until another one from Guildford moves up here. Definitely. And I, I feel like we need to plug this in. We're both fellow Midlanders. So anyone mm. listening might be able to hear our Midlands accent. So I'm originally from Wolverhampton, um, a yam yam then. And Martin, mm. you're, are you originally from Nottingham then? Uh, no, but I've lived in Nottingham since I was 20. Uh, I'm originally from Guildford, which is down south, but... Oh. Um, like like fairly close to London, but I've lived up here so long. I feel I can be an honorary Midlander now. Hopefully. Yay! Yay! Oh, good, good. Mm. Okay. I like it around here. Oh, good, good. I'm really glad. Nottingham is a beautiful, beautiful place. Mm. Um, okay, so Martin, tell us a little bit about your poetry journey. Take us back. Where did your poetry journey begin? Oh well, um, really, it began quite early in my childhood. So. I remember from a very young age, I used to borrow my mum's typewriter and I would just type out these little short stories and you know, they I never really finished them. They weren't really about anything, but I had that I had that love of writing that I was just practicing. And then obviously, you know, as I grew up, got into my teenage years, you know, other sort of typical teenage stuff kind of took over and I, I sort of lost that. And then when I was around sort of 18, 19, I just started writing again. Something must have sparked it off in my mind. And I recaptured that love of writing. And I spent probably about six or seven years writing poems, but just never never telling anyone, never showing anyone, just keeping them in this file that I still don't think I've ever actually showed anyone, those old poems. And then following on from that, when I moved to Nottingham and I you know, met met some friends at uni and I really sort of connected with some people, especially musically, and ended up writing lyrics for a couple of bands that I was oh, in over the course I didn't of a few know years. That. So you were what you were part of a band then? I was. Um we we thought we were much better than we actually were. It was um I th- I think I think I think we just did it mostly on just blind confidence and and hope. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm really proud of the few bits and bobs that we recorded, but the band was never going to go anywhere. But I think really it was the first time that my something I'd written had been put out into a public domain. And I really enjoyed that. And so when we when the band thing had passed, I I started a poetry blog and then I think it was 2012 I was writing in a cafe in Nottingham called the Alley Cafe and I saw this little pamphlet by this group called DIY Poets and it was a free 
just a free little poetry zine, just a couple of bits of paper stapled together. And I submitted a poem to this zine and it got published. And following on from that, I, I went down to one of their events. I met up with them, joined their group, got on stage for the first time in May 2013 at one of their events. And just since then, I've never looked back. Oh, wow. What was that like the very first time when you, that must have been a really fast process, the first time that you got up on stage, what was that first feeling like for you? It was terrifying. It was, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it, but it was really terrifying at the same time because, you know, when, when you're getting up on stage in a band, there were, there were four of us in the band and I could, in a sense, you, you, you're sharing that, that moment. So wouldn't say necessarily dilutes the effect, but well, your energy yeah. spread, so you've got other people to draw energy from. Mm. And when Absolutely. you're by yourself, it's, it's all on you. Mm. Well, well, that's the thing. And so the effect was magnified so much. And I think I had such a buzz before it, such a nervous buzz. But then as I was performing, that nervous buzz turned into this really joyous buzz. And that just maintained for hours afterwards. I couldn't sleep that night. And <laughs> it was... It was a wonderful feeling, and especially when, yeah, you, you're talking the, at the bar in the break, and people are talking to you about your work and appreciating what you've said, and you're just sharing that synergy. It's a really, it was such a wonderful feeling, but I was so nervous beforehand. It must be so different now because of the lockdown. And how have you felt? Like, have you participated in any spoken word performances since the lockdown? I have. Well, I've been, um, I've been. In phases, um, I've either been going to loads of events every week or taking some time away from it. Um, but I've been really quite enjoying the Zoom events because you've got the ability to go anywhere in the world at any point just from your living room. And so I've been to various parts of America. I've been to the Philippines. I'm hopefully going to get out to, say, Australia and New Zealand virtually oh, wow. at some point. And you know, these are really just... You know, it's it's a great opportunity to. I've met so many poets, and you know, uh, people like yourself that I yeah. probably wouldn't have met otherwise. And you know, obviously, I'm looking forward to things going back to face to face. But I hope that we can maintain some kind of online type presence or some kind of mixed media type presence because yeah, it, it opens up a lot of doors especially for me that I, we wouldn't have met if it wasn't for the online zoom events so I'm really glad that you're able to still perform and reach all these audiences mm. um so what uh what sort of advice would you give to people who approach um spoken word and slams so if anyone like myself or any new aspiring spoken word artists are thinking of participating in a slam or spoken word uh, performance what, what advice would you give to them so I think the main advice I would give is just to well one is to be authentic and two is to enjoy it you know because I mean if if, if you go to a spoken word night or you're submitting to a journal or, or, or something like that yeah it's wonderful for you to be part of that but you're part of that shared experience of that night or that magazine or you know you, you're part of a wider synergy and um I think to enjoy your writing to enjoy your performing is the most important thing 
because you'll feel less nervous and better about doing it, but also it will come across better to the people either reading your work or seeing you perform. How do you approach spoken word and slams? So I tend to approach it quite meticulously, but I think that that's partly my personality. You know, I, um, I, I all, all my books on my bookshelves are itemized by category and by author's last name. It's, uh, it, it, it's a thing that I do. Um, but for me, when I'm, when I'm going to a night, I'll tend to have a look at the night, look at its description, look at the type of thing it is, try and know approximately say how long I'm going to have on stage and I'll also have in my mind um, several poems that I could potentially do. So I'll have an idea of my set, but I'll also have pieces that I can sub in. So, for example, if if the night's taking on a certain vibe, which sometimes it does, and you want to be following on with that, then you can perhaps sub out one piece that you were going to do because you you've got another one in mind. For me it makes me more relaxed, takes the pressure off me. And the more relaxed I am about what I'm going to do, the more I can engage with the other generally wonderful poets that are performing at that event. Um, That's in terms of performance. In terms of slams, in terms of slams specifically, I really don't care if I win or lose or if I get through the first round or, or not or anything like that. Really, a slam for me is an opportunity to bring some of my most developed or sort of best received poems and just to be able to, to do them on that stage. And I think with, with an open mic, you often find, you know, it's great because people are often trying things out or trying something new or developing pieces, which is fantastic. But with a slam, people are often bringing their best work so you can share in that. But like I say, it's, um, slams are much more fun when you're not trying to win them. Yes, I agree with you. I think sometimes competition can take away from the creativity and you start writing in a way that's slightly more different because I, I will be participating in a slam and I've started thinking about, well, what's going to appeal to the most number of people, what will get the most points. And I, I think now that's just taken away from the joy of performing. So I think you're right, absolutely, to have fun and just to to share in the energy of the other poets as well. And it's an opportunity to make friends and and do try something different. Oh, absolutely it is. And I think um, what, what what you're saying is, is, is exactly the right approach to it, you know, and I think bring bringing the piece that you want to do and doing that and just sharing that and befriending the other poets i mean i mean generally pretty much every poet i meet is really friendly and really open and and you can connect and you can find out the other events that they're going to and you can join in with that and you know follow their follow their pages and look at their youtube channels and things like that and you can really you know, Connect. That, that's the thing. It's it's about the sharing and the connecting and the poetry is just a conduit to that. Cool. Now, we've heard a lot about spoken word poetry. And before we move on to your wonderful book, um, can we please have some spoken word? I'd love to hear you perform a piece, any piece at all that you, you'd like, because you're a wonderful spoken word artist. So it'd be great to hear uh, you perform a piece or maybe more if we have time. I'll, I'll be delighted to absolutely. Thank you. Well, I'll um, 
what I'll do, I'll perform the third poem from the book, which is called It Rained a Lot in Berlin That Day. Um, so this poem, obviously it's about Berlin and especially with what's been going on with coronavirus and social distancing and restrictions, makes me feel quite nostalgic for that freedom of travel. But, you know, Berlin has become almost like a second home when, when there isn't a pandemic on. And so this is a poem about Berlin and friendship. It rained a lot in Berlin that day with the never-ending burble of a kettle a minute from boiling, your delayed arrival stranding you eight stops from home in the U9 flood near Tiergarten. It rained a lot in Berlin that day, a one in 60 years soaking, keeping the beer drinkers from benches by the Spätis, no street musicians to serenade the sodden Schönerhauser swarms, leaving fewer empty bottles by the bins. It rained a lot in Berlin that day. Countless droplets bounced off the tags and the ample mansion leading to the side streets where they rarely seemed to cut the foot-high grass. While we shared a little laugh or two about the surfboard in the Airbnb you said we wouldn't need again. It rained a lot in Berlin that day. A rain of puddles and shoes with holes in, making it slippy in Einstein Cafe, a vodka bottle with a glass or two waiting on your kitchen table. A secret thank you for letting us crash there while you'd been away. It rained a lot in Berlin that day, where for once the Ubers were fuller than the U-Bahns, but we were more intent on you getting safely home than working out another day to cook for you like we promised you before sharing a Berlina or two on your balcony. It rained a lot in Berlin that day, but we were drenched in afterglow from the Vilkemann you show us every single time we go. Yay! <laughs> That's wonderful. Oh my God, Thank Martin, you. I love my face is hurting so much from smiling from when you were performing mm. that. My face is actually hurting. <laughs> Thank you. That's wonderful. A... I, I love your pronunciation of all these words. Just you spot on with all of the pronunciation. It just sounds so rich, and you just transported everybody listening to Berlin. <laughs> Oh, oh, thank you. And I, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that poem can give people, well, as, as, it, as, it, as it has with you, I hope that poem can give people a little joy and a bit of hope for the, for the future that comes after this. And, um, yes. and you know, it's, uh, it's a beautiful city if, if you've not been. It's, it's a wonderful place to go. It's so vibrant and full of art and culture and life. It's wonderful. I think for me, that's Barcelona, like the affection mm. that you feel as a second home for Berlin. For me, that would be um, Barcelona for me. So I keep going back to Barcelona because I've lived out there for a while. And I know you speak oh, wow. Spanish as well, don't you? You, you speak multiple languages. Well, um, I, 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 I do speak Spanish. It, um, it does depend on how much sleep I've had and if I've had a, if I've had a pint of beer before I go to that language meetup or oh, whatever. Yeah, but we, I, I, I try my best. We're more fluent after we've had something to drink. 
Absolutely. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, a be- <laughs> it's a beautiful city as well, Barcelona. I've yeah. uh, been out there a couple of times myself. I can see why you would love it so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm in love. I always say it was my first love, like before an actual person. It was, I think the city mm. was really my first love. That, that's where I fell in love. But anyways, mm. um, so we've had a lovely poem from your book, The Pretty Boys of Gangster Town. Let's talk a little bit about the book, shall we? Um, what, what kind of themes, um, well, what kind of themes do you explore in your, in your new poetry book? So really the, well, so really it's, it's a book primarily about empathy and human connection, or in some cases, the lack of empathy or the lack of human connection. And really all of the poems in the book, they're about, a specific place, a specific time, a specific memory, a specific group of people, or a combination of that. And it's very, it's very personal. It's very anecdotal. And a lot of it comes from, so obviously the book came out in 2020, obviously publishing takes time. So a lot of the poems were written between 2015 and around 2018, where I went through a period of losing quite a lot of people that were close to me. It was something like it was something like either four or five in the space of about three years. And I think that's where a lot of the, the book's very reflective and it's quite wistful in a lot of ways. And I think it comes from just writing when I was going through that and there's a lot of other themes in there as well. So obviously grief and loss, but also, there's family, there's childhood, there's, there's defining moments, there's good and bad relationships, um, moments of helplessness and things like that. And th- there is some politics in it as well, but it's not really a main feature of the book. It's really just a book about connection and, yeah, and empathy. I, I agree. I think there was a lot of empathy and there was a lot of love in there as well. And there were, without spoiling it for anyone listening, there were two strands that were running kind of parallel right through the end. And even though it was a book of poetry and you've got lots of different types of poems, I kept coming back to these two strands and I kind of wanted to know what the conclusion was and you get there in the end. But I loved, I loved the themes that were in this book and it was just, it was just full of love for me and full of empathy and I really enjoyed it and I read it all in one go. Uh, and oh, there's wow. not many books that I can say that, but I think this is the second book that I've said that about now and I, it's because it's been truly something that I just wanted to just absorb. <laughs> I just wanted to absorb it because it was just so rich and just for anyone listening, go out and buy The Pretty Boys of Gangster Town. You will not regret it. Look at the Amazon reviews. Mm-hmm. They all reflect exactly what I'm saying as well. So they're fantastic. Actually, where can people buy your book if they want to buy it? Well, I'd say um, thank thank you so much for that, by the way. It's really humbling to hear you say such positive things about it. It's um, So yeah, it, it's available um, through the publisher, Fly on the Wall Poetry. It's also available through Amazon. Um, it's also available through my own uh, Big Cartel page, martingraypoet.bigcartel.com. Um, you can get it. It's £7.99 as a paperback, but you can also get it for three ninety nine as, as an ebook as well. Ah, okay, that's good for people who like reading things on their devices mm. and their phones. That's good to know. Mm. And okay, Absolutely. 
So Martin, tell us a little bit about the projects because you've got lo- you've got this book out now, which is your first debut collection, isn't it? Your first mm. uh, a book. And then you've got lots of exciting projects that are in the pipeline. Tell us a little bit about what you're working on. Oh, absolutely. Well, um, so I know um, uh, we, we touched on it uh, at the start of the podcast, but I, I co-direct a... I co-direct a project called World Jam, which is, it's a global poetry and music community that, that that's based here in Nottingham. So the idea is that we bring together poets and musicians of different native languages, different backgrounds to, to just share in, you know, to just essentially share and bring our language and bring our art and bring our histories and just and just try and put it all into a space and share it. So in the past year, we featured, I think, about 50, I think it's 15 different native languages in the past year. Oh, wow. And, um, and it's been very difficult to, to maintain it with COVID, but we're doing once a month writing workshops, once a month live streams. We have socials for World Jam members. So essentially fill in a two minute form, you become a member and you get invited to these once a month socials where you can just, just talk and share. Um, but we've also, we've started to work in closer collaboration now with Nottingham city of literature. So we made, we made a, we made a feature video about Nottingham's literary past and how World Jam fits into that for international mother language day, which was back in February we're also collaborating with them on a project called Story Valley, which I can't really say much about at the moment, unfortunately. But um, top secret. But absolutely, it's uh, even though I've probably said too much already, but hey, it's fine. Um, but it's um, you know that will start developing over the next few months, and we just want over the next twelve months or so to really expand how we're reaching out and working with some of Nottingham's communities. You know, we believe there's over 70 languages spoken in Nottingham and all those styles that come with that. So we want to work closer with that. Um, with that in mind, I've, I've also part of a collaborative project called Poets for Refugees. And we've made a video of a poem called Girl Walking Across Europe, which features 17 different poets all based in the East Midlands. And that's going to premiere on the 17th of March for the UN Day of Action Against Racism. Yay. So this is today. We're, the day of recording is the 12th of March. So this is just just in a couple of days time now, 17th mm-hmm. of March. So I can't wait for that. And sorry, you said it's for the UN Day of Action Against Racism. Yeah, absolutely. Which is um, obviously... Um, very, that's very much something I can get behind. And uh, absolutely, and it's such a current topic that you know it's that's been in the news a lot recently, and it's such an important topic to raise activism and awareness about. So, congratulations! Mm-hmm. That's a fantastic project to be raising awareness about. I'm so pleased to hear that. Well, that, that, uh, thank you very much for that. You know, and I, and I hope it's um, you know we hope this is not just a one-off project, but the start of something more because there's um there's a poetry group in nottingham called poets against racism which obviously does exactly what it says on the tin and the the guy who runs that manjit sahota he's got all of these he's got all of these contacts with all of these sort of anti-racist anti-austerity type groups so hopefully can get more involved in that it's um i've so 
one of my sort of, let's call it a weaker area is kind of sort of direct action, direct activism sort of thing. You know, I, it's something that I'm trying to get better at. And traditionally I've been much better at, you know, say, so, so, so say for example, I've put this video together, but I've still been a little bit behind the scenes with, with something like that. And hopefully by working on these types of projects, I can get better at a more sort of direct form of direct form of activism with that. Wow. It sounds fantastic. That's such a great project to get behind. Okay. So just before we leave then, um, what, what kind of tips would you give to new writers? So, so you, you've got your book and you've, you're part of all these projects as well. Uh, what tips would you give to any new writers out there who are thinking of starting writing poetry? Oh, absolutely. Well, it's, um, I would say I've, I've, I've got quite a list I can give you on that. So I good, guess good. we, we want got, a list. Um, yeah. If the, whoever's <laughs> listening. Okay. So your top five, I guess your top five oh, list. Fantastic. So I think, um, Absolutely. So I would say, first of all, you know, believe in yourself, believe that you can do it because this is something that I've traditionally struggled with the idea that I perhaps don't deserve to tell my story or I don't belong in that space or or all the other poets on the open mic are so much better than me and I can't compare with that. And these are very negative and, and destructive things that can really hold you back and the imposter syndrome isn't it oh absolutely I I massively suffer from that and you know no matter where your writing goes it will always go to somewhere else where you still feel like an imposter but all the other people feel like that as well generally speaking so I'd say believe in yourself because you can absolutely do it and and with that in mind the second tip I'd give is the best way to do poetry is to do it. So I try to do a little bit of writing every day, even if it's just, even if it's just say five, 10 minutes while your dinner's cooking or, or something like that. There are a lot of these little blocks of time in the day, like when the kettle's boiling and things like that, that you can just use just to fit in a couple of minutes here and there. And it really does, does build up. And also try to get to writing workshops and poetry events where you can and just practice your art form and you know I've learned so much through so many writing workshops and met so many met so many friends through that and it's really helped me Um, another tip I'd give is if you've got a a little group of poets um, that you feel that you can trust and get feedback from in a in a safe space then try to form a little sort of poetry poetry crit group with them so we've got a group of uh, five of us and we just we just meet once a month just in private and we each take a poem and we can each you know get some really trusted and safe feedback um, on those pieces and you know sometimes I take them and it's like oh this is a great poem you can do this and that with it and develop it other times I've taken ideas and I've been able to take things that I'm really not sure about. And they've been able to say to me, oh, you know, Martin, this really doesn't work or, you know, change it to be like this. And it's, it's safe and it's constructive and it's so, massively So helpful. find, find a tribe then. Absolutely. A small tribe. Absolutely. You know, kind of, if you've got a group of poets that you can trust, then you can really 
open up to them and trust them. And it's amazing how you can all grow through that by finding that tribe. Mm. Exactly. Um, I'd say, um, and just the other, how many, I can't remember how many that is. Oh, I'll, I'll just give Carry one on, more. carry on. <laughs> Fantastic. It's, um, I'd say mailing lists are really important as well. Really simple, but really underrated. So there's loads of groups like Apples and Snakes and now my mind's gone blank, but um, start with apples and snakes, essentially just, just sign up to the mailing list and you get notified about so many submission opportunities or mentoring opportunities and competitions and events. And it's a really underrated way of just finding, finding connections. You know, there's no algorithm to stop you receiving the, the mailing list email. Oh, I didn't know that one. So that's a really good one to know, actually. So mailing lists. Okay. Absolutely. I've, I mean, I'm on, I'm on loads of them now and it, it's really it's so helpful. Uh, and I'd say that the final tip is um, record yourself, um, re- record yourself performing poetry. And, and I know, I know, Angela, you, you already do this a lot with, um, with, with, with recording poetry for, with recording poetry for your podcast, but um, it's, it's really interesting watching yourself back and hearing yourself back because i i sound completely different to how i thought i did and i never realized how many ums and ahs and things <laughs> like that and i had all these unintentional little mannerisms that i didn't realize i was doing because it was just out of nervousness and recording yourself and watching yourself back it really helps you see those and 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 see those and and polish your writing and your performances and your delivery i think that's nice because we do invest a lot of time in watching people other people on videos Mm -hmm. or other things and we're kind of reluctant to see ourselves because a lot of people find it cringy or they're not very confident but i think it's a great tip to watch yourself back because you can hone your craft you can improve it so that's fantastic advice. Um, do you have any more books coming? Because I'm dying to get my hands on another one now. So do you have any ideas? Do you have any other books coming? You know, I'm, 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 re- I'm, really, I'm really humbled that you want to read more, more books from me. Um, oh, yes, definitely. I, I, and, and thank you for that. So um, there are more coming, but they are going to be a while, unfortunately. So I have... I have started working on a second on on a second collection, but it, it's very much it's very much in the early ideas stage. It's going to be um, it's going to be much more based around childhood and growing up, and a very much kind of village, small town kind of life that I very much had growing up. But well, that's the initial idea. It may turn into something completely different, but I'm. Maybe it's because I'm a little bit detached from my roots at the moment from the pandemic, but I'm really getting a lot emotionally out of just writing about childhood and roots at the moment. So hopefully if that continues, that will turn into a second book. I think that's that's a nice idea. (laughs) Yeah, that's Mm. a nice idea because I think a lot of people during this pandemic are reflecting and missing uh, their home and 
trying mm-hmm. to connect with their family. It's, it's just really, it's been really a really difficult time. And I think one of the great things about poetry is how it can help people find release and how it can help people connect. And it's such a positive way to connect with your feelings and to get things out there. Because sometimes saying something is a lot harder, but putting it down in a poem for not anyone in particular to read, just for the sense of getting your feelings out on a piece of paper, it can be really therapeutic because you don't know where it's where it's going to go. And that's what's really beautiful about poems, especially reading some of your poems. I don't quite know where it's about to finish, but it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful to connect with poetry in that way. So anyone is who anyone who is listening, please do grab yourselves a copy of The Pretty Boys of Gangster Town and invest in poetry because it's a wonderful way to um how should I put this? It's a wonderful way to find a sort of a, a cathartic release. I think we all need that at this time, don't we? Absolutely. And um and I think it's um I, I, I think especially it's like you you it's like you you you're very much talking about that poetry as that cathartic release and that form of therapy. And it's really powerful because one person's release and therapy is someone else's learning, you know, because there's no art form quite like poetry for for telling your story, for telling your message. And over the course of the seven, eight years I've been going to going to spoken word nights and just and just picking up books, I've learned so much about so many things that perhaps, you know, and and maybe this is a failing of mine that I'm, st- I'm still trying to rectify, but things that I'd perhaps not thought about before, things that things that challenge my privilege, things that make me ask questions that I'd perhaps never thought of asking before. And yeah, you know, it is it, someone's form of therapy, but it's such a good learning opportunity as well. And if you think a, a, an average poetry book is what two and a half coffees, yeah, from a from a takeaway to coffee shop, and and oh, also you kind of get a window into someone else's soul because people are pouring their honest feelings and emotions in there. So you really get an honest opinion. And it's it's kind of like reading someone's innermost thoughts, isn't it? And it's just mm-hmm. such a beautiful, you're right, it's, it's the price of what, one, two coffee. So it's not very much mm-hmm. at all. I think it's a great, great investment. Anyways, Martin, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been really, really enlightening listening to your tips about spoken word, your writing. You've been such a good, uh, such a good guest. So any last minutes, any last messages that you'd like to leave? Um, well, really, really, just to say thank you so much for for inviting me on and, and 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 taking the time to do this. I really, really appreciate it, and I've really, really enjoyed it. So, I think thank you for that. And I think just as a just as a last message, I, I just say to people, you know, things are very difficult at the moment, but you know, just just keep doing what you do and, and, and keep doing what you do and keep being yourself and keep, you know, if, if you're, if you're starting writing, please do keep on doing it. And just, you know, there's a lot of people who want to hear what you have to say and want to hear your unique story. So, you know, I'd very much encourage you to, to, to get that out there. Thank you so much. If you like this episode, why not drop me a message to let me know what you think? You can also share this with your friends and hit the follow button so you never miss the latest episode.